Hi, this is Money Talk Podcast, and today we're here to answer a question from James from London, who emailed us at askmoneytalk at gmail.com. Alex, James' question was, how do I go about financing buying my first car? Okay, uh, great question, uh, because actually there's quite a few ways you can do it, if, and let's face it, cars aren't necessarily cheap unless you're going to get yourself an old banger, mm-hmm. but there's more than one way to go and be able to borrow money. So traditionally, many years ago, either you had to save up the money or you took out a bank loan. But over the course of the years, there's actually been specific ways in which you can borrow, whether it's from banks or specific finance houses, with types of loans that are very specific to being able to buy a car. Now, the car company themselves. Oh, the car, exactly. The car, the dealership. Wherever it's a very very it's a pretty competitive market um, for car financing. There's different ways in which you can do it. So the kind of the simplest way in, in some ways is taking out a personal loan. And what is a personal loan? Go to your bank or even your financing company, and they will offer you a certain amount of money, and you repay that in fixed installments over a certain period of time. So for instance, I go to yeah my bank would offer me you know. £15,000 over four years, mm-hmm. the interest rate would be fixed in advance, I knew exactly what my payments were, I would go and I would then have my budget to go and buy the car, I would own the car outright, that would be my deal done. So that's... Well, that personal loan is, is, is one way of doing it, but a lot of banks will offer you a car loan, because obviously a personal loan is uh, uncollateralized. Unsecured. Obvi- unsecured. So what does that mean if it's uncollateralized? So just like the credit card, we talked about this mm-hmm. previously, right? So if, you, if you're if you going out and doing something, say you are you know paying for a lifetime holiday or you're doing something like uh, getting married or you're, you know, you might be doing some sort of, you know, general DIY, you don't have the money right now to go and do it. So you need to borrow the money in order to facilitate mm-hmm. what you want to do. Now, the thing with the personal loan is that you, you'd go to the bank and say, look, I earn this much money and I, mm-hmm. I'd like to borrow so much money and repay it back over a number of months. Now, the thing is, is that, that is uncollateralized. So the bank has only you as effectively the payee to rely on because there's no tangible asset to it. You can't... Well, like a mortgage where you can get the house. Correct. You, yeah. can't, give them the, you can't give them your holiday back. And say, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Your turn. You know, but with a car, because it's a tangible asset, mm. a lot of banks will offer you a car loan that if you default on the car loan, they will take the car. Oh, okay. Got but it. it's very strict rules and so on. And, and a lot of those banks and car loans will only do it up to a certain amount of money relatively low so if you fancy you know that you're in the mood for your first Range Rover <laughs> you know you might be a bit out of luck and then with that you may have to go to the car dealership oh, to gosh. offer your product sorry Alex I mean no 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 absolutely fine so there's different ways as you're saying whether it's unsecured or secured and generally speaking if you have secured financing i.e. that the lender knows that if anything goes wrong they can take something back that they can sell and get their money back. You'll generally tend to see that as somewhat less risky and you've got a better chance of getting a better interest rate to do it. Okay. So that secure type of car loans and car financing, there's generally speaking, there's two different types. They've got different names. So one of them is called higher purchase. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and the other one and known as HP as in the source and the other one is personal contract plans PCP not the drugs um, <laughs> um, I don't think anyone was thinking that <laughs> <laughs> I've watched too much, too much Narcos obviously um, but, uh, uh, but, but each of them has slightly different uh, features and, and facets to it and so probably best to take you know, take James through this so he understands the difference. So with higher purchase, you are borrowing the amount of the car over a certain period of time. So it's in, in a way like a personal loan, but the fact is that the, the lender knows if you stop paying, they can take the car back and sell it. Okay. At the end of the term, there will be some administrative stuff you have to do, sign some papers, a very small payment. But then at the end of the term, because you've borrowed pretty much all of the, the money towards the car. You may have paid a down payment, you'll have some sort of mm -hmm. equity in the car, but you will, for all intents and purposes, at the end of the term, you will own the car as long as you've paid it outright. And you own it outright. Uh, so at the end of the, for instance, like four years, once you've made your final payment and an admin fee to take the car, the car is then yours legally, fine, what have you, it's in your name. Do with it what you want. Yeah. So. There is, there is that, but then there's this alternative way, personal contract purchase, which kind of uses a little bit of financial chicanery to make it slightly more affordable up front, but with some other features. So what it does is it says, okay, well, in four years' time, we think that your car is going to be worth X amount. And let's, let's use some numbers. So you want to go, you go to your BMW dealership, other marks are available but you go and say okay the new four series is going to be fifty thousand mm -hmm. pounds in three years time we'll probably estimate that that car actually may be you know worth somewhere in the vicinity of say thirty thousand pounds it will have depreciated over time we're going to lend you monies on the basis that you kind of pay back up until three years mm -hmm. and then at the end of that period you then have the opportunity to either give us 30,000 pounds so you own the car, or uh -huh. you give us the keys back, walk away, but you don't own the car. So you've it's almost as though you've kind of rented it, yeah. with it yeah. ish. Wait for it to get less expensive and buy it. And then you when can it buy it. Yeah. So that's, you have so the that's what they call the balloon payment, yes. which is at the back. Yeah. So, so it's the balloon payment. So, Obviously, from that perspective, you look at it from an economic perspective, to Alex's point, you're not financing 50 grand, whereas with the HP, you're financing, say it was the same car, 50 grand. So if you take a three-year deal or a four-year deal or whatever, obviously the HP's going to be a little bit longer. But if you're taking, say, a similar size deal, your monthly repayment for the HP would be significantly higher than that of the PCP. Yeah. Because of the blue. Yeah. The so and here's but here's one of the tricks you've got to we've got to keep in mind for, for, for James when you're comparing these things. Because mm -hmm. this is where everyone loves to throw over this kind of cloak and veil of oh this is great. Yeah, I was just thinking that, that, why would you things. not do yeah. So with a with a personal contract plan, what is happening is that you are technically borrowing the the actual the whole amount. So the interest you are charged is on the whole purchase price of the car but your repayments include all that interest but only the principal amount of what you're borrowing so what you then need to do and as with frankly any financial 
product, you need to compare what's called the APR, the mm-hmm. annualized percentage rate. And that is the way in which you can compare what it is you actually are effectively paying mm-hmm. for different ways to finance that, that car. So, yeah, the thing is that since you are essentially borrowing a smaller amount, your monthly payments would be smaller via HP, but at the end you have this balloon payment and in so industry terms it's called yeah. you know, PCP. So the, what it's, the, the, the balloon payment, they call it the guaranteed future value, okay. which is the amount which, okay, this is the minimum that you know, we, we'll take it, th- this, is, this settles everything. You can buy it off us for, the, for this amount, you get the keys or it just goes and that's why they'll ask you questions like what do you use it for how many miles do you expect to use it every year because that will influence what the guaranteed future value is so you know if you turn around and say hi i'm alex and i'm a traveling salesperson who's going to drive all the way around the world or around the country in this and clock up thousands and thousands of miles the car's value will depreciate faster Mm. than say myself who drives nowhere in it you know, and as a result, is looks lovely know, in the driveway, but looks, uh, yeah, basically <laughs> collects more dust than miles. <laughs> yeah, it's decorative. That's okay. Yeah. It's decorative. You know exactly. So, and then obviously, different cars will have different depreciation value based on whether people... <laughs> on whether I bought them or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. If basically Alex bought them, it's going to tank, right? If it's I know if you crashed your car. No, but I. Um... Well, some people have drink problems, some people have drunk, drug problems or addictions. Uh, mine has been cars. And over, right. o- over the years, I've... Yeah, I've, I don't know which is worse. I've, I've spaffed more money up the wall on cars than I really, frankly, care to, care to remember. But the... Well, there's some classics as well. There's some really good ones, you know. Like, have you got a good collection oh, going? Oh, well, um, one of my many midlife crises saw me buy... A 1967 Mustang convertible site unseen off of eBay in California and had it shipped over. Oh my um, goodness! It, it did turn up in, in in wonderful wonderful shape, but you know certain things do not. You know it's always better to try and actually see the car in person. I didn't even know you could buy a car off eBay. Like, well, it's not that. <laughs> not... bought this car that's probably been subjected to the lovely Californian sunshine. Yeah. It basically, <laughs> gets delivered to Southampton. Yeah. At which point, if the car would talk, could turn around and go and get me the yes. out of here. This, this is. I was not built for this climate. So, uh, what uh, were you thinking? This is like this is a classic Friday night. I've had too many beers. Yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is, you know, divorce, following divorce and misery, it's like, no, this will make me feel better. Uh, folks, it doesn't. So, so yeah. Um, yeah well, sorry, to stay on topic, I assume yeah. that's depreciated. Uh, well, that did depreciate. Although the thing is that, yeah, that, that, so, I mean, it's kind of the, the rule of thumb for, for, for new cars, you know, dealers won't, you know, won't necessarily want to tell you this, but as soon as if you buy a brand new car, spec it up, as soon as you drive it off the off the lot, it's going to be worth about fifteen percent of what you pay for it. That's just really? that is just how how it's it dealers. Yeah, and even yeah, and and some cars are way worse than others, right? So yeah. and like the EV guys right now are finding out, right? Because it was like they were trading at a premium, couldn't get them. Everybody wanted one. You know, oil costs are high, and now they're like you can't give the damn things away. Because you know they're not as cheap to run as what everyone hoped, so there's every you know like the big big saloons drop in huge value, right? So other cars keep 
relative value. Obviously, the luxury cars and sports cars and everything else, they'll keep that. You know, I don't think that's what James is looking for is his first car, unless he's super rich, lives in Kensington, and drives a Maserati. Oh, Maserati, <laughs> that's where it's yours. <laughs> but um, hold on a second. But um, yeah, the other thing to bear in mind is that, uh, I'll let him tell you that story in a second. The, the thing to bear in mind is that car companies are, you know, everyone thinks of BMW or Mercedes or, or Volkswagen and everything else. So these car companies, they're not. They're banks masquerading as car companies. Their biggest profit is their finance arms. Oh. So that's the bit that sells you the PCP, right? That's what makes all the money for them because oh. they are selling finance, right? It's just that it's intrinsically linked to the cars that they make. So, you know, if you look at Volkswagen uh, financial services, they underwrite all the contracts. It doesn't matter if you're buying an Audi or a Seat or whatever, it's, it's VW FS. Jaguar Land Rover financial services are doing all the things. Wow, That's where that. they make their money, right? And if you buy, obviously they have an obligation to their shareholders to make as much profits as possible. So they have a tendency, the best way to show that is to sell lots of cars. So they will give you great deals on buying a new car versus buying a second-hand car. Because although they make money on the second-hand car, etc., it doesn't give them the headline results that they like, which is, we've sold hundreds of thousands of new cars this year. Mm. So what they're going to do is incentivize you to buy new cars, even though it depreciates like a stone. So if you look at the small print, in a PCP, and this is specifically for the, the kind of car financing companies, you'll see that the interest rate for a new car is significantly lower than that of a second-hand car bought from the same guy. It's a really good point, Gab. And so the other thing is be they'll, aware of. they'll give you a deposit contribution as well. There's deals to be had, right? They desperately need to get rid of these cars. So they want to give you, you know, they, they might turn around and say, oh no, everybody wants one, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, let's, let's haggle, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, be careful because if James is looking at a second-hand car, mm. it might be more viable to go and look at a bank because the bank doesn't give a toss about whether you're buying a new or a second-hand car. They will have certain restrictions about how old the car can be because mm. obviously it's depreciation of the asset and the value of the underlying asset. But the rate is typically the same irrespective of whether it's new or old. Okay. So you might get a better deal if you're buying new from the finance, wow. from the car company. You might get a better deal to the bank if you're buying secondhand. And if your credit rating's crap, you may have to nix both of those ideas and find anyone who will give you some yeah. money. <laughs> the other thing also, though, to keep in mind is that the, the wily thing that a car dealer will do, especially if trying to sell you something, your know, new car is, that because the, the monthly payment equivalent between a PCP and an HP contract ends up being that the, the PCP for the same value of car will look lower. Mm -hmm. So what is the dealer going to do? He's going to try and get you to upgrade, which is, oh, well, you know, instead of having I think this, this model, Alex talking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> I am very fired up about this topic. I came in for a mini and I walked out with a BMW 7 series. <laughs> I, I am every car dealer's wet dream, frankly. Oh, um, no, I mean, the, uh, I, well, there's other, other stories. But generally speaking, they will try and 
upgrade you because they'll try and nudge you to say, well, if you buy the higher spec model or this, they will try and tell you that the that that extra specification will make it hold its the value longer. The massaging seats are the things that you've always <laughs> exactly. That in three years' time, that's going to be what some that will make someone's decision as to whether they want to buy your your car secondhand or not. That will keep its value. It's absolutely absolute tosh. So you recommend speaking to a bank over. No, I'm, no. What we're saying is that given you always be aware of the dynamics of how you want to finance it. So James can make the decision as to, okay, what deal will a dealer give me? But also be very aware of the fact that while the dealer might want you to try and upgrade, say, well, what is my budget? Budgeting mm -hmm. is really important because you know at least with any of these ways, then you know what your monthly payment will be. But you should set that budget and then understand okay, well, I might pay more with HP, mm. but at least at the end of the contract, I know the car is mine. Yeah. Whereas if I'm not that bothered about it and I look at it more as though, well, I'm just going to, in a way, rent the car, yes, I'll still be responsible. You know, with, when, with any of these plans, you are still responsible mm -hmm. for taxing it, upkeep. keeping it up. Yeah, in fact, in, in, in these contracts with an HP, or a PCP, you are required to service it. You are required to uh, to, to keep it in. Yeah, and, in, in, yeah, and if your wheels get scuffed. So, uh, you know. Hey, <laughs> it's like, never met a curb I didn't like. It's a hit. <laughs> but uh, um, the other thing to bear in mind, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to be focusing on the negative because that's not what we're here, is, you know, with PCP is, you know, if you decide they go, well, you know, I'm going to pay the lower rate and I'm going to get to two years or three years and throw the keys in the door and get something else. You know, depending on how much deposit you put down on it, will really determine your choices about what you go into next. So if you put very low deposit in and you decide, you know, say you go buy an Audi and I like Audi, so hi Audi. Um, <laughs> it's like- Sponsorship <laughs> uh, opportunities are available. <laughs> yes. and. Um, if you turn around and, and say, right, okay, I don't want an Audi after three years, if you not put a huge amount of deposit in and the the value of the car is effectively the value of what outstanding, if if you then decide, oh, I'm going to go and buy a, a BMW or something, taking it to a BMW, they're going to give you a worse price for it because obviously it's an asset that people don't go to a BMW garage to buy an Audi, they go to buy a BMW. So you've got to take that into consideration as well. You you might get locked in a little bit to the car that you have, oh. and that you know you're, you know you're if you decide. I hope I'm making sense, but you know you say you take your Audi back and you said right, I've finished my PCP term. I don't want it. They're going to give you the best price if you buy another Audi. Okay. For the remaining asset, makes yeah. sense. You know. Yeah, and in fact, you you will find that with. A certain amount of months before your contract comes up, mm -hmm. they dealerships will start ringing you and say, "You know, let's talk about you know trying to exchange it." Because for them, it's then, "Oh, okay." What they will do with a three or four year old car, they'll look at what auction prices are, mm -hmm. and you know they will try and tell you basically it's only worth what you will get from one of the we buy any car it, exactly which is the bid is uh, they're so lazy right down here. <laughs> I mean, I bought a car recently, and I said to them, "I said, uh, you know." And it was a nice car, it's a family car, or whatever. And I, I went in there and I said, Oh, you know, I want to buy one of these cars, and you know, it's not cheap. And the guy said, Well, you know, you go on to We Buy Any Car, find out what the value of it is, and then come back to us, and I'll tell you how much. And I was like, 
Seriously, <laughs> the art of sales is obviously lost on you. Oh, you know, no. Do you want to do any of the legwork for me whatsoever? No. Oh, God, what a nightmare. But, um, but no, they will come back and try and roll you in. And then that also gets to the point, as you're saying, about the, you know, w with these, you are actually required to pay a deposit. You know, in mm -hmm. any of these cases, you will need to have, just as you have for a mortgage, you have to put down a deposit. So you have equity Mm. In, but in there's the more asset. flexibility. Well, so with the deposit, how so with houses? Um, you know, for example, you said that it was what sort of ten percent ish. Mm -hmm. With a car, what percentage roughly of the? It it could be much lower. It's I mean, much lower, and the oh. other thing is the sort of saying is that if you're buying a new car, they'll incentivize you and give you a deposit contribution, contribution. which is basically we'll just reduce the price for you. Mm. You know, but they'll knock it off the finance. So. They don't do that for used cars because that obviously doesn't hit the bottom line and isn't it's not, not a show way, type thing. But it's yeah, so that's that's effectively what it is. Oh, okay. So there's no set. No, it's not twenty five percent. It's not thing. I mean, it, it obviously the bigger the value of the car, probably the, the more deposit it's going to be. But it doesn't. There's no like defined. You must be X. I mean, and it really it swings and roundabouts, right? So. If the car is, you know, cars have a certain lifespan, you know, before they change shape. So if the car's coming to the end of that lifespan or that cycle, yes, then the they're going to start to give you heavy discounts to get rid of the remaining stock before the next right. shape comes in. At which point, you know, so then if you don't care, mm. you know, if you if you're gonna hand the keys back in three years time or whatever, you don't really care about the resale value because you know the number of miles you're gonna do. You know, as, as long as you mm. feel that you look good in the car and you like the car, then you know whatever whatever floats your boat to why you want to buy yeah. it, then you know that's probably a great time to buy. Does any of this? Does any of um sort of the down payment uh, loans for this? Does it get affected if, for example, you do PCP? And um, you know you've had it for three years, and you're essentially renting it until you either buy it or give it back. Yeah. If you crash the car, <laughs> like what happens then? I mean, I, I assume well, insurance takes. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume the insurance would take care of it, but like, does that affect the pricing of it? Does that? What they will, what they will do is that there will be another insurance product that they will offer you at. Uh, um, when you are taking out the contract, mm -hmm. so um, this it, it's called gap insurance, and essentially, oh, God, yes. here we go. Here we go. Yeah, Biggest exactly. fraud in history. Uh, that? So gap insurance essentially was a an insurance product that would, uh, in the event that you totaled your car, um, and the insurance company said, "Well, we think a." You know, a, 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 you know, an M4 uh, that was built this year, well, it's only worth £40,000, whereas, in fact, you had £50,000 outstanding on your finance package. Go back, go back to that point of you drive it off the forecourt and it tanks. tanks. Yeah. Okay, so there's no it's, it's not gap insurance. It's basically post-forecourt insurance. Insurance, yes. <laughs> As you drive across the threshold, you just... Yes, let me throw more money out the, uh, out, out, out the door. So there is a bit of that. But essentially, that gap insurance is there to essentially protect you from the difference between what the market value of the car might be at the time, i.e. what the insurance company will pay you if it's totaled, versus what's outstanding on the finance. So this, again, 
is a matter of you know, what's really a, a, you know, the, the, the underlying subject to a certain extent is depreciation of vehicles because in a fluid market there are some uh, you know some makes and models that are going to be more popular or not I mean what's happened or what happened especially after COVID was really interesting and almost unprecedented in, in car markets was where you would see second-hand car values actually spike because there was not enough production coming off the lines and with ship shortages. Yeah, yeah. It was supply <laughs> chain issues, but it caused a very brief kind of distortion where they're just people wanted to sort of get a, get a new car or what have you because they'd had hadn't been spending as much money during COVID. Spare cash, fine. I'm going to go and do an Alex and go you know, buy <laughs> stupid cars, um, and, uh, and and therefore they, they got, got 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 bid up. So that was an anomaly in terms of depreciation. But generally speaking. You know, we'll ignore. Yeah, I, it's I, a blip I suspect, in history. It's a blip in history, and also, you know, for James's purposes, I don't. We're not talking about classic cars. That's a very, very different market. Mm -hmm. But you know, generally speaking, you know, as you drive the car, and if you're putting twelve thousand miles a year on it, which tends to be kind of average, standard price of what's priced into these contracts. You know, so for instance, the um, you know the amount that you will pay mm -hmm. will actually increase the more declared mileage you have. And at the end of the contract, they will actually check your mileage because if you've gone over, then they will take penalize off. You. They will penalise you on a per mile basis for any extra mileage because, you know, for generally speaking, if you think about any anything that you have where you continue to use it, then it tends to you know, wear and tear. Is it you know, less? Uh, you're going to have to spend more money to, to to fix it, or you know, what is worn out. All of these things end up generally speaking lowering the value of of that car so you know you are have this line that you're trying to follow which is as you know as my car gets older how is its value dropping mm. now there are websites you can go and they have estimates as to what they think oh, yeah all of this is available online yes right so that's the thing you can even find <clears throat> you know help finance my car and, and you know work out what that value is and even like auto trader will give you an estimated yes. cost of of what the monthly repayments are but it is an estimate you know you're you you've got to shop around and you've got to look at the situation you're in so to break it down if you're buying a new car and it is under a certain you know it, it's really about how much can you afford to repay and the deposit you can put down if you don't have a lot of money to put down then buying a new car is going to be pretty limited because all cars are expensive now unless you're buying some sort of whatever, you know. Um, so then you might turn around and say, do we look at a second-hand car? And then you being more discerning about your finances and how you finance it in second-hand and being more careful is definitely a key consideration. Mm. Are there any hidden costs with um, buying a car in the same way that there are with houses with stamp duty and, and so on? Well, you've got to take into consideration first off that yes, you've, obviously there's your tax on cars that will have dependencies upon engine, engine size, petrol, uh, other... guzzlers. You know, if it's EV, you're all good, right? EV, so electric vehicle. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and also obviously, if you're you know James, if you're a London um, resident, you'll be you know acutely aware of what's going on with the ULEs. So there will be charges. Yeah, so it's I think it's twelve pounds fifty a day. Or even a resident of Kingston, yes. to be honest, because it goes out that far. 
And yeah. it does go out really far. They're getting yeah, it all the way out in Kent now. It's it's greater greater love greater love. Don't, don't get Alex started. We'll be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to change hobbies. (laughs) His jumper may be red. (laughs) Um, But no, there's cost there. But also, you do have to take into consideration that um, you will be responsible in any way, shape, or form. You are responsible to keep it serviced uh, after a certain number of. I think after three years, you have to take in for MOTs. But also insurance, insurance. and that actually, depending upon age. Mm. is yeah it can be can be monstrous i mean and there are certain marks um yeah certainly that, that are more susceptible to that so i've had you know anecdotal evidence of you know a friend of a friend of mine um living around you know clapham wandsworth area and because of the number of range rovers that are getting stolen oh cannot gosh, get it just get just cannot started yeah. Don't, don't get me started yeah I heard well someone quote to me that it was six thousand pounds to insure their range rover it's like ten percent of the value. Yeah. Right. Oh my word. So so yeah so doing research about how much all of those other costs are, are going to be that's also really important because I mean and then there's car insurance which is a whole nother story uh, and maybe that's another another podcast as well because that's it's a whole different realm. <clears throat> I think the thing to also I mean we talked about this before there's there's two things so we talked about the other aspect is interest rates have gone up significantly mm. over the last few years. So one of the things that has impacted, and you know, James might realise this, if he's been looking at cars for the last year or two, he's going, well, hold on, the monthly payments have gone up massively. Well, that's because of interest rates. Because, you know, as much as the car companies are incentivized to, to sell cars, they've still got to be financially prudent mm. and they are lending money. So with that in mind, if interest rates, the cost of money goes up, then they've got to pass that on. So, you know, likewise, if you pay for your insurance in instalments, you are now paying interest rate on it. So there's, you know, when it was at 1%, no one cared because it was very cheap. Now it's more expensive. So yeah, bear that in mind as well. Yeah, and in terms of ongoing costs, then insurance is a big one. But also there will be other things that you just doesn't necessarily occur to you, but um, yeah, in case you've got an accident that you probably decide, or not even an accident, but for instance, I think we've both had this where you know, realize, oh my God, you, know, you go and, 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 and puncture you know, the tire on a Range Rover and it's 700 notes you're, you're, you're in for. So. Well, that and your furry dice obsession. I mean, we can't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really um, want to see this car now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How, how many of them have we'll have um but no that there, there are also things like that where especially when you know the state of and everyone laughs i think because i think a few days ago uh, i think the pm had talked about you know using money from the council hs2 to go and fill potholes and everyone's you know talking well, about with the actual cash yeah, with the actual <laughs> cash. but the thing actually is the number of times where i've you know, popped a tire because of, of driving through through a pothole this is it, it actually is you know a big you know you yeah, can make a claim though, right? Yeah. You can claim it to the council. But I mean, it's really ridiculous. It's difficult really hard. And they'll turn, turn around yeah. to you and say, yeah, of course not, that wasn't the case. And then you've got to fight and go and fight it. You've yeah. got to go, literally go to the place that you took it, take the picture, measure <laughs> it with the tape measure, and then say, this is what caused yeah. it. But yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, the cars are so heavy. They're so big now. I mean, it's funny when you drive along the road, right? You see like an old Mini or you see like a, a 20 or 30 year old car, which we grew up in. And you see it next to like 
that would have seen like a medium-sized car yeah. looks like a tin can yeah. next to a small car right mm. i mean that's the thing is that cars are so much bigger because of the safety requirements and so on and so forth yeah. but you know tires can only take so much stress so they get punctured they're expensive yeah, so all those are extra things to consider that's not, you know, and this is what you talk about with, with regards to running costs. So there will be, you know, in, in certain mag, you know, car magazines where you know, there will be, or you can look up on the internet, you know, what are estimated running costs. So how much in terms of your petrol uh, are you going to pay? Uh, but these days, obviously, with you know, the trend towards um, EVs and electric vehicles, um, you also do have to consider, okay, yes, they're charging at home, but... Also, it's not necessarily as easy to compare because I think you know, stories that I've heard with regards to charging at motorway stops, which is the availability of them, and there are times where it's actually as expensive as getting a uh, a, you know, a liter. Oh, really? Yeah. So. So actually, EVs aren't necessarily the cheaper. They option. they they can be over time, but mm -hmm. you've just got to realise it's not necessarily it the capacity. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, <clears throat> I think we've gone a very meandering walk yeah. to James's question. <laughs> yes. Absolutely fine. So, uh, and we haven't really uncovered all the stuff that we want to know because, I mean, there's obviously the Maserati story that we've got to ask. Because, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, in tokenism of random, Alex is taking the biscuit on this one. You know. Oh, goodness. So, well, this would have been probably 50, oh, well, coming up to uh, nearly 20 years ago. And, uh, Alan and I were, were colleagues, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd been on business in Dubai and there they have the working, 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 match, <laughs> as always, um, and they had had the, you know, they have a competition there, which is there's, you can buy a lottery ticket for the million dollar check, you can buy the lottery ticket for a car and lottery ticket for um, a motorbike. And so, you know, having had some time and just wandering around, I said, oh, why not? Because they had the How odds there. How hungover were you, Sorry? to be honest? How hungover? Because obviously you would have gone for the ticket for the million because you, you don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you going to do with a car? I, it was, I don't know. I looked at the odds and I thought the car, and you know me, it's my car, oh, my right. car habit. Uh, so I bought the ticket and then didn't think anything about it until he sobered up. Uh, <laughs> and this this would have been probably around uh, August or or, or so, August or something like that. Sometime then late September uh, on the on the trading floor, I get a call and this uh, you know, lovely lady Filipina accent says, "Oh, is this is this Alex?" I'm like, "Yes, sorry, who's who's this?" Flashbacks from the other <laughs> <airport, so laughs> Oh, you need a. There needs to be like a hangover four or something. There's, there's something like this. It's like, uh, well, um, you were in Dubai uh, last month, weren't you? I was like, Definitely yeah, sorry, who are you? Oh, <laughs> God. It's like, probably worried, like, what are they going to Yeah, take? I'm, 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 why, why, are you, why are you asking this? Like, well, you entered the lottery for, 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 the, for the car, for the Maserati, and you've won. <gasps> and I've gone to sit down, missed my chair, <laughs> fat backside on, on the floor, and everyone's looking around to see what the hell's got going on here. Um, but yes, they said, okay, well, we'll uh, you know, fly you out for you know, two nights, three days. you just got to make the press appearance as we do the handover. I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, we'll ship it to, to, to Southampton for you. Um, so this is all you know, great and exciting. And my boss at the time uh, is all very, uh, he, he's, he's as much a car enthusiast uh, as, as I was. So we kind of 
you know, dug into you know, what, what does it actually mean and we've kind of come up with this idea that probably doesn't make sense to, to bring it to the country because I would have had to spend money on getting the catalytic converter put in and it was a left-hand drive and all this. But so the you actual... see that you're using your time productively. Well, there, there, there was, exactly. Um, but the, actually, the biggest thing that convinced me was that my younger son at the time, he said, uh, look, Dad, you, 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 you can't take this car. I was like, why is that? He says, well, I've looked it up and it only has two seats and it means that you can't take me and my brother at the same time so i was like okay that's fair enough not, so i've not seen the downside here mate. <laughs> <laughs> so i found someone locally where they absolutely rip your face off and they say yeah we'll show you a bid down here for a perfectly new car i just arranged that i, I said if i still have your turn up i've run out of out of holiday days so i'd look you know, fly out on a tuesday night in i think late november early december yeah. it was around the time of dubai sevens and so got on the, the the overnight red eye turned up and before the ceremony of in this room with two other winners and this is this is hilarious so there's the guy who's won the million dollar check is just happy as larry no he's not <laughs> he's got an indian guy working in dubai an engineer lovely guy but he's got a face on him like a bulldog that's chewing, chewing <laughs> up a thistle he's just I'm like, hang on a second, you're a millionaire, why are you so upset? He's like, do you know how much of my family I've never seen are now going to crawl out of the woodwork asking me for money? Well, is it like a million bucks or a million AEDs? No, it's a million US dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, oh, it was a, it was a, a million good chunk US AEDs, like... Yeah, not, 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 well... Well, it's I mean, still... You, you wouldn't turn your nose up on it, but no, no, no. this is a million, million US dollars. And, but then you had this other guy, this uh, Iranian-American guy, absolutely lovely, stinking rich, and he's like showing me photos he'd taken delivery of the second Rolls-Royce Phantom ever delivered into the US. He split his time between, I think, like Newport Beach and Vegas or what have you. And he's like the kid that all of his Christmases have come at once for winning this Harley-Davidson. And I mean, at the time, I think it was you know, $20,000, $25,000. I mean, it wasn't life-changing money it's for like a, a multi-millionaire. Exactly. <laughs> so I've asked him, well, hang on a sec. You've flown all the way out from Vegas just to pick this up. He's like, I'll tell you the story, the reason why, Alex. My wife would never, ever let me have a, a, a motorbike so this way, it can sit in my office, I can sit in it, even it never, never sees the road, but she can't stop me from enjoying it. Oh so, my God. so it was almost there was this inverse scale. And eventually, so we then go out for the, the, the press meeting and the guy who was running the airport at Dubai at the time was an Irish guy and he had, a uh, really lovely chap, and he had actually sponsored the Irish Sevens team. And so you had all these young kids, I don't know if any of them have really been, you know, spent that much time out of Ireland before but they all get their you know their, their photo in the in, in the front seat of this banana yellow convertible Maserati oh, and so man, they you look so good <sighs> you know all of them, right just this trade to just see you exactly <laughs> banana <laughs> yellow down down London yeah wouldn't that look biggest like? regret uh, and, um, <laughs> but uh, after after all that you know I you know, kind of have the, the the press pictures with the keys and as soon as the press is gone it's like okay guy with the clipboard comes over is like sign this and <laughs> get back on the on the plane and that year that just about covered my depreciation bill. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right, well. Other, another question, if a, if a dealer says, oh, this is gonna hold their value, no, it doesn't. I, I got I got porsched on that one. So, oh, but that's a different no. story. So, yeah, so, so James, yeah, don't believe what a dealer says. <laughs> so, yeah, long story short. So let's just summarize, right? Yeah. So, oof. so anyway, so as we said, you gotta focus on how much money you can afford you know, within your budget, and budget. we talk about that all the time, right? So there are going to be hidden costs, there are going to be running costs that you need to take into consideration. There's going to be things that happen that you can't plan for. Puncture, parking fines, 
you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Take that. But rising costs, insurance is a big classic example, which we've seen costs spiral in the last few years. So the budget, that's the most important. When it comes to financing, take an honest view of how much you can afford and then look at what the options are available. The likelihood that you get your dream car, unless you've got lots of money, is relatively low. So you need to think about what is the best options for the best use of it and how uh, you finance it. If you are able to afford and you want a new car, there are plenty of good ones that are second hand, then you know, look at the, the deals that are available and look at whether PCP works for you or HP. Whether you want to own it, basically whether you want to borrow it for a period of time. If you are borrowing it and you're not putting a huge amount of deposit on it, make sure that the brand that you're buying is something that you like, because there's a good possibility you might be sticking with that brand going forward for a bit. Then, if you're buying a second-hand car, don't believe the hype of the dealer. Shop around. Look at what the bank is offering you. Look at what alternative finance companies are offering you because the deals that you might be getting, although enticing for new cars, may not be so for second-hand cars. Always use APR as a, as a yardstick to compare how much, at what rate, and that is now, because you had alluded to this earlier, it is now so much more important with interest rates being higher mm. to be really aware of how much it is costing you in financing charges to, and to do that. Yeah, and if you want a bright yellow Maserati to try, we'll change one thing. Oh gosh! Well, thank you, Alex, and thank you, Alan. Great anecdotes there, um, and thank you, James, for writing in. Um, if you have any questions on any personal finance topics, please do email us at askmoneytalk at gmail .com. We are on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok, and Spotify.